afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Good afternoon and welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity. I want to call in the ancestors to be with us here today, my own, those of our guests, and those of everyone who is listening. We call in those ancestors to be with us. It is on their shoulders that we stand. It is their dreams that we are living. We call out to them to be with us, to bring all that is good and true and beautiful to us today, that we might speak the words that need to be spoken and that we might hear what we must hear to inspire us in this day to take our soul's purpose that much further into the world. We call out to the energy of the earth, those energies that are temporal and changing and those energies that are deep and abiding and the great spirit of the earth herself. We call out to this energy to be with us here today, to give us home, to give us a sense of connectedness and belonging and to remind us this is a very small home on which the entire family of humanity lives. Let us live in a way that is good for all living things. We call out to the energy of the sky to be with us here today to bring us the energy of above, all the wisdom of the great cosmos, to bring us the energy of the heart, the fire of the heart, blessing, compassion, protection, and all the energies to hold us well in this day that we might come together in a good way, in this non-local way that people are now gathering in cyberspace. So we call out the energy of the sky and the earth and the ancestors. And finally, we call out to the energy of the heart, the heart that binds us all. We call out to the heart to be with us here today to connect us, so that the energies below that hold our passion can rise to the heart and the energies from above and the mind that bring clarity can descend to the heart and in the heart they can merge to give us clarity about why we are here in our lives at this time. So we call out to all of these energies to hold us well today. And with these energies all around us, we give great gratitude to our guest today, Martin Brennan. Thank you for being with us today, Martin. Hi, Christina. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, our topic on the show today is Integrating the Fragmented Soul. And so what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to review a little bit this idea of soul retrieval, soul loss and soul retrieval, which is an aspect, a powerful aspect of shamanic healing. But we've also talked about this on many shows. There's, many, there's a lot of good literature about that today. Um, but what we really want to focus on today is what needs to happen after your soul retrieval. And so Martin is bringing his um, great experience with this um, healing form and with um, the, the integration itself to share with us here today. So um, one of the, what I'd like to point you all towards is some of the references about soul retrieval. If this is a new idea you don't know anything about, one of the, one of the best comprehensive books out there is simply called Soul Retrieval by Sandra Ingerman. It's widely available. If you can't afford it, go check it out at your library. You can go to Powell's.com and get it used. It's all over the place. There's no reason you shouldn't have this in your library and understand about this very important healing form. What's not written is the information about integration, and so that's what we want to talk with you about today. Um, there are some other smaller books about soul retrieval and some books that um, cover it as parts of books about shamanic healing. It's not a... Um, it's not a mystery. It's certainly out there. But the Soul Retrieval book is perhaps the most comprehensive. Um, in your reading, Martin, have you found any other resources that we could point people towards today? I often point people to the resource that you just named, Sandra Ingerman. I think that's the most uh, thorough, and it, and it has a good explanation for people of of any level to the degree of, of Soul Retrieval. And as we're, there's nothing... I don't have any other references that come to mind. Maybe as the show goes on, if one does percolate, I will definitely share it with, uh, with our So listeners. for those listeners, we had a show with Sandra Ingerman um, April 1st. It's there in the downloads and the archives. And her website is shamanicteachers.com. And I'm very sure you can order her books through that website as well. Um, so, what are we talking about when we're talking about soul loss, soul retrieval, and then this topic today about integrating the fragmented soul? So, let's remember that when we're doing shamanic healing, what we're looking at 
is what is going on in the spirit dimension of our lives, not just human spirit, but the life force energy of all living things. Okay. So the understanding, as we, as we understand um, both healing and illness from a shamanic perspective, is that often when things happen in life that are so challenging for us, either they happen too fast, like today that would be a car accident, something like that. Something traumatic is happening either too fast or too often, that would be abuse, um, or something is happening that we can't reorganize in a way that is um, acceptable to our soul. Um, so something's happening that feels life-threatening spiritually or um, mentally, threatens our belief system, threatens us emotionally, or threatens our life physically, that what can happen, it doesn't have to happen, but what can happen is that an aspect of ourself splits off and kind of wraps itself around that unresolvable event so that we can numb out about it and move on in our life and cope with whatever the issues are at hand. Um, which is survival the, and the perception of survival, either literally survival or perceived survival. And from a shamanic perspective, when that happens, that soul energy that's split off is now disconnected from space and time. And so you move forward in space and time just like a normal living person, and that fragment of yourself remains stuck in the, in the time and space that it's split off in. And sometimes they actually are, are leaving out of fear, and so they may keep going out of space and time. They may not be in the same place. For example, to be more specific about this, when I'm doing soul retrieval work, I often find the soul parts that leave in a, in a physical trauma, like a car wreck, a bike accident. It's real common for children, you know, bike accidents where they get scared, they're going to get run over. They may not have been hurt that bad, but they're changed by it. It's usually because it, it's one of the biggest frights of their life. And um, they experience soul loss because of it. So it's a very simple, common childhood experience that actually is often more traumatic on a soul level than it's given um, um, tribute for. So I often find when um, physical traumas happen that the soul parts are in the physical place. But when I find that the traumas are more spiritual or emotional or uh, mental... Um, like your belief system getting pounded on all the time by a teacher or a neighbor or whatever, um, that the soul parts are not necessarily in a physical place. They're more in a spirit place. They're in an energetic place. They're in a place that is symbolic of what they're experiencing. For example, simplest example I always use is there was a soul part I found drowning in a sea of grief. And the woman said, well, I never drowned. And the issue wasn't physical drowning. The issue was she felt she was always drowning in the sea of her father's grief because he was unable to grieve the death of his first child that had died in childbirth or something like that. So this second child, this woman I was working with, had all her whole life had been just drowning in the sea of her father's grief from the first child. So it's a more of a energetic representation of what the person is experiencing. Anyway, my point is the soul parts are then out there, no longer connected up with us in space and time. Okay, so now what about us? So we're the people that survive. We're the people that carry on. The soul parts are out there. We move on in life. There's two things going on for us energetically that affect how we develop. Excuse me. The first is that we have a hole now energetically. It is a vulnerability. It is a structural, if we think of energy as our core structure, it's a structural vulnerability. We must protect it. And so many of us begin behaviors that protect and defend ourselves. And many of these behaviors are what are being called in therapy now as couples are trying to love each other as um, issues around commitment, issues around intimacy. Well, if you're riddled with holes, it is dangerous to become intimate with another person, by definition, energetically. And so there's no mystery to me why people who are, because most Americans have suffered a fair degree of soul loss, why many Americans then have trouble with commitment and intimacy because they're filled with holes. They're both filled with holes. And it, and it is dangerous then to come into intimacy with another person. So we have this issue. Then the second issue is most of us are trying to fix it. Well, many of us are trying to fix it. 
So we develop some kind of self-medicating, self-coping behavior. Um, I don't know if you remember yours, Martin, but I know mine all had to do with basic dysfunctional behavior in relationships to cope with what I was, the holes I was trying to fill from my soul loss as a child. So it was addictive behavior in relationships, addictive behavior around food. It can be drugs. It can be cigarettes. It doesn't, that's, I'm not saying that's always what's behind those addictions, but often what is behind our addictive and be- obsessive behavior is trying chronically to fill these holes. So that's the state it leaves us in. Our soul parts are out there in the spirit world. We're stuck here trying to cope in the physical world. So what's happening when a soul part comes back is the hole is filled. So all those needs to protect and defend are are fundamentally resolved. But those behaviors of protecting and defending are part of who we are. That's part of who we've become in our mind. It's not fundamentally who we are, but it's who we've become in our mind. And all those addictive behaviors are also who we think we've become because we've formed our ego as we've grown up around the soul loss and around all of our adapting behaviors around the soul loss. So for me, in my 20s, I perceived of myself as as depressed, um, without a sense of humor, um, all this sort of complex of who I was because of the state of soul loss I was in. And it wasn't really who I was in my nature, but I thought it was my nature because I didn't remember the soul loss. So I don't know, Martin, do you remember what your coping mechanisms were before you started getting soul retrievals? There was was a couple as I look back. One was definitely uh, a sense of putting trust into others to tell me what was best for me as opposed to myself. Um, And I realized that with bringing back a couple of the parts that specifically were around belief systems when I was young, and being told by people in authority that, no, what I was seeing, what I was sensing was wrong, this inherent sense of not trusting myself. Um, And then, therefore, very much deciding to go to others to get the truth, quote-unquote, or to to get the validation. So I think that was definitely a a big one that I see um, that was there, and that caused, even with the soul parts as you speak, coming back, having to work with, okay, the energetic part is there, and as I'm working with that soul part to integrate it, it's only through that integration becoming aware of, oh, whoa, wait a second, why am I not trusting myself? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this is tied together here. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we try to sort of lay the groundwork for this in the first 15 minutes of this show, part of what we're we're saying is that I'm trying actually to lay down the groundwork for what is different in the contemporary world than in the past. So if you read books about shamanism in the past, soul loss would happen. A person would lose such a big hunk of their soul that if they didn't get that soul part back, they would um, waste away and ultimately die. And then it was a life-threatening situation. And so many people wonder, well, what's going on today? And what I feel is happening today is that we're losing smaller fragments of our soul but and and we're losing them spread out over time and so we are doing what human beings do which is adapting and so because the the amount of soul loss in in the event is somewhat smaller we adapt to it over time but collectively by the time we reach our 20s usually we are in a state of soul loss that should be killing us and this is pretty typical for americans and that's why when shamans first started visiting america from other countries they called us the walking dead because soulfully or soullessly, <laughs> relative to our souls, basically, we shouldn't have been living. But because our soul loss didn't happen in one great big event that we couldn't recover from without the soul retrieval, we adapted to these pieces over time, the losses over time. And so there's a, this element in contemporary soul retrieval where we don't, necessarily experience it as life-threatening the way it used to be in in past, in ancient shamanic times. And yet it still collectively puts us in a state of a lack of energy, um, stuck in addictive behaviors, chronic problems in relationship, chronic problems with work, any, any chronic problems that no matter what you try to do to change them, you can't make a fundamental shift in your life. 
So these are this is the contemporary state of things. So what this presents for us then is a contemporary issue around soul retrieval, which is the need to integrate soul parts once they come back. We adapted to their loss. We need to unadapt. And this is what Martin was starting to talk about and what I want to spend the rest of the show talking about is it is not enough to just receive a traditional soul retrieval anymore because unless you're dealing with a traditional soul loss event, which is you lost such a big hunk of your soul, you're going to die in the next six weeks if you don't get that soul part back. And that's possible. But more likely what happened is you're in a collective state of soul loss that collectively is problematic and that these parts all need to be brought back and you need to unadapt. You adapted to their loss and now through the integration, we need to unwind that adaptation and get back to the true essence of who you are. So this is the state that we're in in a, in a situation of contemporary soul retrieval. So if you're just learning traditional soul retrieval work from an indigenous practitioner, you're not learning how to help people integrate because it wasn't a part of the traditional soul law, soul retrieval system. And besides, you would be held in a community that understood how to care for you as you return from a state of soul loss. Now, we live in the contemporary world where no one even understands what soul loss is, much less soul retrieval and how to care for you when your parts have come back. You're more likely to step into a situation that's going to re-traumatize you. So the issue with integration after soul retrieval is a contemporary shamanic challenge, and that's what we're here to talk about today on the show. So, moving right along... um, so one of the things that um, I want to talk about here is the integration has two phases. It has an, an automatic phase, in other words, things that are going to readjust themselves simply by the virtue of being brought back to you. And the things that aren't going to integrate themselves, as I was talking with Martin in preparation for the show, he said, well, my perspective is integration is a conscious act. So what did you mean by that, Martin? When I say a conscious act, it is an act that literally needs attention and focus by the person that has received that soul part back. I can think of my own experience in the now over the last 10 years of three different soul retrievals that I've had that it wasn't just enough to see the shaman, to have that soul part come back, there was that a, a period of time that it, it demanded from me a conscious act to integrate that energy back in. You spoke about the hole that is that is created when a part leaves. Well, when that hole, when it comes back, I'm, I was a different I'm a different person. You, you speak about how you know, that that soul leaves at that age when that occurrence when that soul loss happens. And so if a part leaves when I'm five, at 39, there's a lot of life experience. There has been a lot of adaptation on my part to protect that hole, to, to overcompensate. And with that energy coming back, now there, it, there is a, I've always seen it as a getting to know one another again, how, how to bring that energy up to speed with where I am. And how do I learn what I need to let go of? What, what, how was I overcompensating? How was I protecting myself for this part that I wasn't even aware that had left? And so it takes a consciousness of, of, of that integration of both the part that's coming back, what's it, what is it bringing back, why did it leave? Because I have to make sure, at least I've always been told when I worked with my parts, they've always shared with me, to, to make sure, sh- sure that that scenario doesn't present itself in a way that it feels again threatened. Good. So let's kind of paint the picture here for people. All right. So you go to a shaman, you get some soul parts back, get one, two, three, some soul parts back. Um, And so with these parts that have come back, you're now, uh, going to have certain things that are going to shift automatically and certain things that aren't going to shift automatically. So Correct. this is the way I explain it to people. There's Because it's soul energy, it connects with you physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Spiritual stuff moves very quickly. 
and the body wants to go to health. And so the energy, the physical energy and the spirit energy, as soon as the soul parts come back in the body, that stuff is going to start changing immediately. And that takes about two weeks to work itself out and to reorganize you energetically. Um, and so that that's what most people respond to when they're responding to um, having strong, um, not reactions to, but just responses to having their soul parts come back. They may feel lots of energy come back. They may feel lots of emotions, sometimes high emotions, sometimes low emotions. But basically there's often a significant experience right after a soul retrieval that tapers off in about two-week period. That's what people are experiencing is the energies that are going to automatically resolve themselves. What we want to talk about today is the energies that don't automatically resolve themselves. So we're going to go to a break here, but let me be clear. The reason they're energies that don't resolve themselves is because they're the same energies in your life that don't resolve themselves. Psycho-emotional energy, in other words, your psychological and belief stuff and your emotional stuff does not resolve itself if you just ignore it. It just sits there and waits until you come back and pay attention to it. Um, and that's the same with the energy that comes back from the soul parts. Whatever that unresolved issue is that caused the part to leave in the first place is here waiting for you to resolve it today. The beauty of today is you're now an adult and you have the capacity to do that. So we need to go to a break now and we'll come back and talk about you, the continue with the state of you're in when the soul parts come back and how we need to work with that integration. So Martin, thank you for being with us here today and we're going to dive into your stories when we come back after this break. Welcome back everyone. And uh, yes, I did want to say we are recorded today because Martin and I are off leading a workshop, so we're not taking any calls or any emails. Um, but you are welcome to email questions to Christina at lastmasscenter.org, and we'd be happy to entertain them in a future show. Um, soul retrieval is an extremely important healing for people to receive. It's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of time. Um, the integration takes some time, which is what we're talking about today. But if you have any instinct or intuition or sense that this is something you might need, you should definitely find a shamanic healer in your area or you can work with me. You just contact Christina at lastmasscenter.org because this is one of the aspects of shamanic healing I can also do long distance. So my point is, whether it's with me or with anybody else, get your soul parts back so you can get on with your life and have the energy that you need to live your soul's purpose. Okay, so we're back. Um, oh, and I should say, sorry about that, I should say that Sandra Ingerman's site... Um, shamanicteachers.com also has um, a resource for locating practitioners in your area. So that would be a good place to go if you're looking for someone in your area. Okay, so back to what, where we were before break. So you get your soul retrieval. You're in a state of your current time person. You have some soul parts back. They are the age that they left at. So it's like you having younger versions, usually... 98% of the time, younger versions of yourself to talk to. And it's like you're all sharing the same body, because, of course, there's only one body that goes with everybody. But now you've got soul energy committed to different time frames. And you've got soul energy holding on to unresolved issues from different times in your life. And so as these soul parts come back, they're changing your need to protect the whole that was created when they left. They're taking away your reason for the coping behaviors, the addictive behaviors, or whatever ways you were behaving to compensate for them being gone. So that's changing you immediately. But at the same time, you're a grown-up now. You have a different perspective. You have different capabilities. You're able to respond to their issue differently. And so what happens after that first couple weeks that the energy, the spirit energy and the physical energy of the soul part kind of reorganize, and there's an energetic reorganization that happens automatically. After that, there's a big old lump of psychological, mental, belief system, emotional energy stuck in the soul part that needs to be resolved based on the past issue around which the soul part left. And then inside you, there's a big old unresolved psychological, emotional, um, belief system-wise stuff that needs to get resolved. 
so the soul, soul part comes back with new memories, new ideas, new perspectives on the past. Some of them may be wiser than yours. Some of them may not. Some of them may explain why you carry some of the very screwed up ideas about your life that you carry because it comes out of that time of soul loss. So what we're going to talk about today is um, what that experience is like dealing with that second phase of the integration. So after the first two weeks, as the energy has reorganized itself, how do you then begin to apply yourself to the experience of integrating a soul part? So the situation you're all in, for listeners who have never had this experience, is your current time you, but inside of you is a very strong voice of you from the past. So for those of you who have done inner child work in your therapy, it's sort of like that, but not like that, because your soul parts are not an idea. They are not a metaphor. They are not um, just a psychological construct. From a shamanic perspective, the only way to effectively integrate your soul parts is to treat them as real. They are soul energy, and they need to be addressed with respect. They don't like being treated like an you know, a idea. I don't like being treated as an idea, good or bad. You know, I want to be treated as a person. Well, they need to be treated as a person. So one of the first things that I encourage people to do in their integration is to greet their parts every morning. Welcome them to the day. Welcome them into your life. Let them know you're glad they're back. Since many of them are child-aged parts, you often need to reassure them that you love them, that the situation you're in is safe. Um, I don't know, Martin, do you have any stories about what it was like for you in the beginning when soul parts are kind of just back and they don't exactly know what's going on yet? I do, I do. I, uh, there's one of the soul parts that I brought back was a little five-year-old or that came back, that was brought back for me, was a little five-year-old. And it's, it fits very well with what you're saying about when it's not trauma or physical trauma or physical abuse, but it's this part left with the consistent teaching that it was a sinner, that in the big concept. Uh, and as a little five-year-old, this, this part of the soul was connected to that, to that divine matrix that, that is webbed out there that we feel that that this part had an intrinsic connection to that div- divinity that was that is that permeates all things and it left because it was tired of being told that it needed to that what it was experienced was not true and so when it came back it, it, I, I had a, I spent a lot of time simply explaining one, that we're not five years old anymore, and that it was a safe environment, that no one was going to tell us what we could or could not believe and have the threat of, if we didn't follow, that repercussions were going to be at hand or that we were not going to be loved or we were not going to be accepted. And it took a while to understand, I'm, I'm close to 40, that 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 while he remembers leaving at five, where he's dependent, he's dependent on a family, on a mom and dad, of, can't do much for his own, that he is now in a body of a, of a 39-year-old that lives on his own, that I remember the first time I took a car, <laughs> he got into the car, and his little voice was going, whoa, what's this? What are you doing? How can you do this? Um, so it was, it was a lot of explaining what I take for granted as my day-to-day to just to help to him to come up to speed. Um, and then to share with his awe and wonder. I took a trip shortly after uh, this part came back, and the whole concept of flying in an airplane was just brought amusement and wonder to him. So what did it bring to you to have that amuse- amusement and wonder back in your life? Because um, he's learning from you... And being protected by you, being loved by you, gaining that adult peace, but it sounds like he's bringing gifts back to you as well. Most certainly, uh, it, it's a, it's a two way street, I find, and I think that's an, an important to realize. I found myself um, being much more lighthearted, looking at situations and just really 
stepping back and seeing the intrinsic beauty of the dynamics of the relationship, of the opportunities that were at hand. And it was often this, when I was able to step out of that, that this running dialogue that I have with this whole part would say, isn't this amazing? Isn't this beautiful? I mean, it, and so he was speaking to me as much as I was speaking to him. Um, and that may scare some of our listeners. I mean, it's not like I had, there was voices in my head, but there literally was a dialogue that as the integration would go on, it became less of a dialogue back and forth and more of a coherent one voice that is being said both on from my adult perspective of now, of going, wow, and also from his perspective as it's no longer he and I, but that that integration is is happening to a degree that it is coming back that it is me. Well, we can make that distinction for people. There's one thing to be randomly hearing voices in your head, but when you're in a state of soul retrieval, uh, soul, yeah, soul retrieval, so the soul parts have come back, you're talking to yourself, and frankly, everybody listening talks to themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately for most of us, we're usually just listening to the inner critic judge us throughout the day. And the important thing about the, the soul integration is it's an opportunity to use that daily dialogue with yourself in a way that is life-affirming and self-affirming and empowering, is that, yes, there are different aged yous to speak to with the soul parts that are back, but you are just talking to yourself. And that doesn't make anybody crazy. So, And the important thing is you're talking to very specific parts of yourself that need to hear from you. And one of the important things that Martin's brought up now a couple times that we all need to understand about being a grown-up is whether you're in therapy or whether you're doing shamanic healing, the bottom line is when there is a part of yourself that needs love, that needed love as a child from your parents, now at this time, Getting your parents' love still wouldn't help you. What you need, whether it's we're talking about therapy or soul part integration, is you need to show up for yourself. So true. Like the love that you need in therapy is from you. The love that these soul parts need is from you. The validation, the affirmation, the understanding, the willingness to hear that needs to come from an adult. But the truth is, while the kids are oriented towards your parents, what you have to get them to understand is that they need it from you. And this is one of the things that people say, well, this soul part says they need my dad to you know, validate them or whatever. My dad's never going to do that or my dad's dead or whatever. And I said, you know, the point is you have to take that role for yourself. You have to become the parent for that soul part. And you have to become the one that finally validates them. So validate them and validate them every day until they finally decide your validation is better than dad's because dad's never coming. Not that dad's a bad thing, but, you know, the point is we need to stop waiting for other people to do this. And the beauty of the soul part integration is it's a powerful opportunity for you to show up for yourself and give yourself exactly what you need. So we're going to go to a break. I'd like you all to think about that while we're on this break, is how empowering it is for you to become the adult you are looking to for acceptance, for validation, and for the love that is finally going to make you feel whole. The beauty of soul part integration is it moves you out of a space of looking for all of these things from other people, whether it's your partner, your spouse, your parents, whatever, and brings you back into a place of internal wholeness and oneness with yourself. That's true empowerment. So we're going to go to a break. And then we'll come back with our guest, Martin Brennan. We're talking today about integrating soul parts. Welcome back, everyone. We're um, talking today with Martin Brennan, and our topic is um, the integration of soul parts after soul retrieval healing. And for those of you that are looking for a practitioner, um, I would suggest you check the website, um, uh, shamanicteachers.com. It's Sandra Ingerman's website. She has a practitioner's tab in the navigation bar. You can find practitioners in your area. This is a healing that I do long distance. I'm happy to work with you for that. You just need to contact Christina at lastmasscenter.org. Um, I guess that's about it. 
So, and one of the things as you're looking for a shamanic healer to work with you is you want to talk with them about how they'll support you in the integration. Because if they don't know what you mean when you talk about integration, that person's not very experienced yet as a practitioner. They might be a good practitioner someday. But if they're not going to support you in your integration after your soul retrieval, you need to find somebody who will. Because this is a very, very important part of contemporary soul retrieval healing. And and we're going to talk about why in this particular segment, because it's not always all fun and games when your soul parts come back. There's a great deal of beauty in it. These parts are emotionally huge. We get our emotional life back. You get a ton of energy back. Um, You're much more integrated and protected energetically because you're not walking around with big old holes in your energy field anymore. There's, There's great joy in soul retrieval work. And the other thing we haven't even talked about is that every soul part comes back with some gift or talent you brought into this life to help you live your soul's purpose. So there's great value in every part. It's not just that you need to heal. It's that every part has a treasure. I, I did this work with um, a bunch of kids, and we, they called them crackerjack boxes, and that the idea was to get through all the issues they needed to get through so they could find the prize inside. Every soul part has a gift or a talent inside. So there's great beauty and ultimately enormous positive, empowering aspects to having parts back. But getting to that place is not always easy. It's not always um, just a happy five-year-old in awe with the world and bringing you back to a state of awe and appreciation in life. Sometimes your soul parts don't like you at all. So, Martin, have you ever had a part that actually just didn't like you? I had to chuckle with you, Christina. Yes. Um, in fact, I am still integrating a part uh, that fits that description well. And it's been... Why doesn't he like you? Well, it, it, doesn't li- it didn't like me because uh, he actually left at a time that was very difficult for me. He left at a time in, uh, in my late teens when I had gone through a series of um, probably about a year and a half severe depression. And actually, this part left at the moment that I attempted suicide at 17. So it remembers a very dark it remembers uh, it left with that very basic betrayal of trust of uh, when someone does attempt suicide that they will betray of their soul uh, is, is a way I, I is a way I'm grasping with it um, and so you know I think you, we come in for a reason we come in for a purpose and to consciously decide no I'm not going to do this for whatever reason, um, is hard. And to consciously decide not only am I not going to do that reason, but I'm going to kill myself and end it all, uh, that that was just so traumatic for this part, and that's when it left. So He didn't like you very much. No, no. He, I mean, you killed him. He didn't like you. you. You tried to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So the integration, there was a, a great deal of healing that had the shaman had to do um, to bring this part back, and then once coming back, it has been um, a lot of work to regain trust, to explain what is different now to to then, and also a lot of healing um, in uh, how to explain it? before it can even before this part can can start to be integrated, um, and a lot of it is around love. A, a, giving it that love that we spoke about in our earlier segment about being that parent. Well, I'm now having to be that person that was I wasn't when I was 17 for this part. So does he like you more, or is he just working on trusting you more now? Well, it's, it's a combination of both. It's a combination of, of trust, and it's a combination of um, going, all right, uh, I see the, the changes you've made. I have seen what you've done in an attempt to uh, to become healthy, uh, how you've you've changed and who you are now. So part of it is going, okay, you know, this isn't too bad. This this life you have, the trust part is growing exponentially, and uh, I will say this: this brings in a little uh, a little side topic, but the relationship of another part that came back at the same time has been has been helpful because I have as I have been able to integrate another part 
that left roughly around the same time in that same depressive state that I was in. Uh, as I've been able to integrate that part more fully, that part has helped go back to the part that left when I did attempt the suicide and say, hey, listen, give this guy some slack. You know, this is where I am in my integration. Um, I want you to be coming along. We have work to have done. Because that's what I continually stress to these parts of, yes, this is about healing, and this is about what the life that still needs to be lived that I need them back for. I need that energy with, that this is calling us. So let me just share one thing with everybody just to kind of make this more clear. One of the reasons I've asked Martin to be on this show is because as a shamanic practitioner himself, he's using journeying to communicate with these soul parts. So he has a pretty high level of detail and understanding about these dialogues with their soul parts. Um, and, and that's a good thing. But I do want to share that I do soul retrieval work with people all over the United States, and many of my clients never in a million years are going to learn to do a shamanic journey. They're just not organized that way. I mean, I went to New York right after September 11th and worked with a lot of, you know, high-powered Wall Street people, and, you know, they're not going to learn to, they're not, I mean, some of them are, frankly. I mean, you'd be surprised how many will, but many people aren't, and that doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to get their soul parts back. And so I, I just want to help people understand that you're just talking to yourself. We all do that. And all you need to do to integrate your parts is take some time each day to talk to yourself. And most people, these people that don't want to learn how to do a shamanic journey, they usually just go for a walk in a park or out in nature, 20, 30-minute walk a day, not a bad thing to do for your health anyway. And just you take that walk alone and you just have this inner dialogue with you and your soul parts. They're right there with you. They're happy to talk to you. And for most people who don't want to learn higher spiritual practices or or more in-depth spiritual practices, just going for a walk out in nature creates the context that allows them to integrate. So I don't want to create such a high bar here. I mean, I brought Martin on the show because it's interesting, because he can speak in great de- detail about his integration. But for those of you that don't operate in your intuition at that level, keep in mind that anybody can integrate their part if they truly want to be healed. And you just need to be willing to give your intuition some time each day and to just follow the steps of the process as you understand it intuitively. You don't have to have the level of detail that Martin's talking about. But it is interesting. Um, a couple other issues, and Martin, you can chime in with stories as well, on the it's not all fun and games, always integrating your parts. Um, the main reason, as Martin has expressed, that the parts don't like us when they come back is because we've betrayed them. I mean, that's part of the problem sometimes in soul loss is they got they're leaving over our own betrayal of ourselves and they're mad at us for that but another thing is there's a tendency for example if you had an abusive relationship with a parent to go on in life and and partner up with people that are going to be equally abusive and so if you go if you're with someone who abuses you now the way your abuser as a child did and you go get a soul retrieval that addresses that issue of abuse you're very likely not going to be able to go back into that relationship because the soul part doesn't want to get abused again and the soul part is going to be really clear about not wanting that whereas you may have numbed out about it your soul part is not going to do that again a simple version of that is i worked with an anesthesiologist who got a bunch of three soul parts back who were very talkative. Not all soul parts are so talkative. And he said that every day he went to work, he could barely go to work any longer because these parts were constantly in ongoing narrative about how all of the doctors he worked with were arrogant and overbearing and domineering the way his dad was. They didn't want to go to work anymore because they didn't want to continue in this same type of abusive relationship. So part of the value we get from getting our soul parts back is we get to see how we're propagating the same patterns of abuse that we lived in as children. And the soul parts give us the energy and the clarity and the gifts that we need to shift those dynamics in our lives and to get out of those relationships. So while integration may have a tricky part in it, a tricky, not part, phase in it, that's not all fun and games, it's 
definitely worth the effort, and you're definitely working with the part of yourself. If you can love it enough for it to transform, it will transform this issue in every other facet of your life. So we're going to go to a break now, and we'll be back with Martin Brennan and some more talk about integrating soul parts. Thank you all for joining us today. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Why Shamanism Now. Our guest today is Martin Brennan, and we are discussing the integration of soul parts. So, Martin, why, given the fact that it's not always a party integrating your soul parts, why has it been worth it? I think it's, it's worth it because when we talk about healing, we, we, these parts bring back an energy often. They bring back a gift to us. And I remember once I was, uh, I was, getting, I was finishing grad school. I was in my late 20s. And I just knew those symptoms that we say, you know what, if you're feeling that you're just missing something, that there's something that you need, you know, these are all symptoms for, for a soul retrieval to go. And I, I followed that hunch, that intuition. And the, the energy that came back, one, was incredible, and you talk about that phase. But then the integration, two of these parts were very out, outgoing and were very much had been, had been left under circumstances that, caused them to leave when they were, were judged with being very outgoing. Well, lo and behold, if I don't integrate them, and in that process of integration, as I'm finding out, well, what comes next? I just finished graduate school. How am I going to make a living? I end up in Las Vegas, of all places, which was a surprise to me to begin with. But I find I end up getting a job performing in Las Vegas that these two parts are just tickled with. They think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that type, I would have, would have never envisioned that. And I have no doubt that part of it, me being able to do that transition, was the healing of having a soul retrieval that brought, brings back three parts, two of them specifically very outward-oriented. And then, lo and behold, four months later, after the integration process, landing a job that was not even on the radar at the time. So I think what it does, it's, it's, it's bringing us back to ourselves in a way that we're able to engage more fully in our relationships, we're able to engage more fully in life. And I know right now there's a sense of, of as I'm integrating these parts now, of what, what is going to unfold because of the talent they bring back. Well, but isn't this just why people go to therapy? I, th- I think it is why some people go to therapy, and I think it's, but the difference is they're never going to get this in therapy. This isn't a psychological process to run through. There is literally something physically coming back. I mean, that's, I feel the difference when I talk with people with shamanism and why it's a valid modality out there in the healing spectrum, because you're not going to get this by simply talking or from in therapy, because literally you're bringing parts of yourself back that have knowledge and wisdom that are inherent to us that we just haven't, we haven't had access to because they've had to leave. Well, because they're not there in the therapy session to contribute because they're lost. They're lo- right. <laughs> so of all your integrations and soul retrievals that you've done, what's been the biggest gift that's changed your life the most of your integrated soul parts? I think I am actually on the cusp of that right now, and it is this the part that I spoke of a little while ago that left during the suicide attempt. There is a depth and a richness here that I'm, I just understand at a very deep level of going, being able, go, being able to go back to that time in my life that was very dark. And as I am integrating this part back, there is a vitality, there is a sense of boldness, there is a sense of purpose that I am just touching that I have yet to really experience. So when you ask what is it, I think I am, I am with it right now. Um, because there have been wonderful, I've, I've had, you know, I think a total of different, seven different parts returned over the last number of years, and each of them have brought gifts, whether it was the performance, whether it was uh, the five-year-old that I spoke of earlier with this inquisitiveness and awe and wonder. When you talk about the greatest, however, I I feel that it is right now as I am still in the midst of 
integrating this part that left at such a at such a uh, a dark moment. Do you feel you could live your soul's purpose without these parts? No. No, I I th- there you go. There's the key right there. This understanding of, of knowing a soul's purpose and when with these parts as they have with them not with them leaving. We don't I don't have that energy. Each time I've had a soul retrieval afterwards there is a more focus there is more energy. There is more of an ability. I have noticed this, more of an ability to truly be present with myself and in the relationships with the people around me. And it has the effect also of the work that I do each time. It raises the level, if I should say that, raises the level of my engagement to a place that I want to be. And when you talk about living your soul's um, purpose, I feel each of them has been bringing, has helped me focus and get closer and closer to truly expressing it in its full beauty in the world. So everyone, this is the reason we're bothering to talk about this show after show after show, is if you truly want to do what you've come into your life to do, you need your whole soul here to do it. And one of the only ways you're going to get your soul parts back is through soul retrieval, and why not? It's easy. All you've got to do once they're brought back is integrate them, and we're happy to support you in that. So, Martin, I want to thank you for joining me again this week on our show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And thank your ancestors for dreaming you into existence. And I thank all the ancestors that are gathered with us here today in this show. We thank the energy of the earth and the sky and the heart that binds us all. I invite you all to join us next week. The show will be live again. And what we're going to be talking about is why one weekend workshop, one weekend workshop will not bring you to your soul's purpose. So for those of you that want more information, you know the website is lastmaskcenter.org. If you have any questions or you want to organize a shamanic healing, a long-distance work, you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And I encourage you all to think about your soul today and to really ask yourself, do you feel like you're all here? Or would you like a little bit more focus and energy and passion and inspiration to do what you've come to do in this life? So thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Martin.